This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Damian Bulwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, San Francisco's Tenderloin neighborhood, where residents are confronting some of the city's most difficult problems, is suddenly represented by a new supervisor. The neighborhood moved from District 6 to District 5. So its new supervisor is Dean Preston who in 2019 was the first Democratic Socialist elected to the board in modern city history. Preston is an advocate for affordable housing and tenant rights, and he's become known in part for his battles with YIMBYs and the city's more moderate establishment over his opposition to market-rate housing development. In the Tenderloin, Preston faces new challenges and new political divisions. San Francisco often treats the area as a containment zone, concentrating housing and services for people suffering from homelessness and addiction and tolerating a vast open-air drug market. We wanted to ask Preston how he plans to improve the Tenderloin, so City Hall reporter J.D. Morris spent time with the supervisor there. J.D., thanks for joining me. Hello, good to be here. J.D., before we get to your visit with Supervisor Preston in the Tenderloin, how did he come to represent the neighborhood a neighborhood that didn't vote him into office. Yeah, so that is the wild thing about this. This all happened as a result of San Francisco's recent redistricting process. It happens, you know, once every 10 years to account for population changes because each of the city's 11 supervisorial districts are supposed to have roughly the same population, although some variation is allowed for specific reasons. And uh, it was a very controversial and chaotic process this time around. The result of it all, though, was that in the end, major changes were made to District 6, which previously included the Tenderloin and Soma and some other neighborhoods. Um, now, District 6 is only Soma and Mission Bay and Treasure Island, essentially, and the Tenderloin, where about 29,000 people live, was moved into District 5. And those new maps took effect immediately, which meant that in an instant, 29,000 people who were previously represented by the District 6 supervisor, Matt Haney, who just joined the State Assembly, are now represented by Dean Preston. And J.D., were there any particular concerns with splitting the Tenderloin away from that district, away from Soma? Oh, yeah. And I should note that Preston himself was um, certainly among the Board of Supervisors, one of the leading opponents of what was going on in the redistricting process. And the split of the Tenderloin from Soma was the most controversial thing that the redistricting task force was dealing with because the Tenderloin and Soma have such a long history and such uh, close relationships with one another. There's a lot of crossover in the communities there. A lot of issues that they're both interested in, right? And a lot of very similar issues around homelessness, around housing, around drug abuse, 
drug dealing, and just the history of the neighborhoods. You know, uh, one of the things that was highlighted a lot was the fact that the city's transgender cultural district, you know, spans both part of uh, the Tenderloin and part of Soma. So there was um, a big uproar from members of the LGBTQ community in those areas about, uh, in the Tenderloin and Soma, about breaking apart that district, putting it under the purview of different supervisors. There's also the LGBTQ leather and cultural district is in Soma. And so it's just sort of uh, breaking apart, you know, the LGBTQ community in a way was a major source of concern. But there were a lot of other complaints about that that were expressed in redistricting. JD, I always wonder in in a situation like this, does a supervisor want to take on a neighborhood with huge challenges, huge problems like like the Tenderloin? <laughs> I mean, that's a very loaded question. You know, I'm not inside Preston's head, so I, I don't feel like I could say definitively one way or the other there. What I can say is that he very much wanted District 6 to remain a district that included the Tenderloin and Soma for a lot of the reasons um, I just expressed. But also, you know, it was just such a big change to his district, right? District 5 previously included um, neighborhoods like the Inner Sunset and Coal Valley that are no longer in there. They were moved into different districts and you know, his district does still include neighborhoods like the Western Edition, the Fillmore, Alamo Square, Japantown, which, you know, he has represented for the whole time that he's been on the Board of Supervisors. But you got 29,000 people in the Tenderloin who did not vote for Dean Preston, who cannot vote now for a new supervisor for another two years until 2024, in order to decide if they, you know, if Preston runs again, if they want him to continue being the representative or if they want somebody else. And you had, a, you know, uh, thousands of other people in neighborhoods like the Inner Sunset and Coal Valley who were previously in District 5 who now got moved out into other districts. And, you know, that sort of the radicalness of that change was where Preston was focusing a lot of his attention, I think. Let's talk about Dean Preston, J.D. He represents a tenderloin that just came out of an emergency declaration by Mayor London Breed over open-air drug dealing, overdose deaths. What was Preston's position on that emergency? He was one of two supervisors who voted against approving the mayor's emergency declaration. Supervisor, Former Supervisor Haney, who was at the time representing the tenderloin, uh, voted for it as did obviously a majority, uh, an overwhelming majority of the Board of Supervisors. And what Preston was really opposed to at the time and what he remains opposed to now was the mayor's rhetoric around police. Um, Preston was very strongly opposed to what he saw as the mayor's very clear signaling that she wanted police to play a much greater role in addressing the drug crisis in the Tenderloin and cracking down on public drug dealing and public drug use was, um, you know, he, he was very concerned about the prospect of that. 
And it's worth noting, of course, that, you know, in terms of actually getting more cops into the tenderloin, that didn't really happen until the very end of the mayor's 90-day emergency, which has since expired. And it's also worth noting that Preston supported uh, parts of the mayor's emergency as well in some of the products of that. But he was very concerned about policing. All right. I want to ask you about more on Dean Preston's positions on the Tenderloin neighborhood, but let's take a quick break on Fifth and Mission. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bullwood, joined by Chronicle reporter J.D. Morris. J.D., what does Dean Preston think should be done to improve conditions in the Tenderloin? He does not have what I would call like a, a fully fleshed out plan right now. He's really focused on meeting with people and talking to them right now. He told me that he had done outreach to like 50 different you know community leaders to talk to them, get to know them and get to learn more about what's already in the works and and what they want to see happen. But, you know, I can tell you, he's been pretty clear that his views around policing have not changed. He does not support bringing a lot more police resources into the tenderloin as a way to crack down on the drug problem there. He just doesn't think that that Work sort of that that really improves public safety in a meaningful way, and he wants to look at the issue more systemically, wants to look more at the root causes of crime and poverty. But in terms of how that will actually translate into what legislation he will introduce around that issue or or what other specific steps he's going to take, um, I think you know that's still taking shape. He definitely supports the linkage center that was created through the mayor's um, emergency declaration. He's been he's been pretty clear about that, and he would also support a supervised drug consumption site like the one that they have in New York City. And JD, what about Dean Preston's views on housing? How do how are those likely to play out in the Tenderloin? So he's a tenant rights activist, and he's very concerned about displacement, about gentrification. He's a strong supporter of strictly affordable housing. I think you can expect to see him advocate for you know, any number of tenant protections at measures that prevent people from getting evicted, that keep low-income tenants in their homes, but also to expand permanent support of housing that can provide support of housing for 
homeless people. You know, there was one that the Board of Supervisors just approved on Ellis Street. That's a 74-unit shelter-in-place hotel, which so a hotel where San Francisco had already moved homeless people into to get them off the streets during the pandemic. The city's going to be turning that into into permanent housing instead of a, a kind of a temporary situation. And he was very supportive of that. I think you can expect to see him continue to advocate for projects like that in the future. But people who disagree with Dean Prest and J.D. have raised a number of issues like his voting down the, the Stevenson Project, as people know it, which is kind of near the Chronicle building on a valley lot for Nordstrom, a housing development that the Board of Supervisors voted down, and also Dean Preston's lack of support for supportive housing near Japantown several months ago. What does he say to those criticisms? Well, I think, you know, with Japantown, that had a lot to do with the very large amount of community pushback to that specific proposal. And then they, the city did eventually find a different site, and he supported that as well. So I, I think that he would point to that. In terms of the Stevenson project, as you say, you know, I've, I've not spoken to him about that directly just because it happened before I started covering the Board of Supervisors. But, you know, I think that there were a lot of concerns on the Board of Supervisors, you know, expressed around maybe it not being affordable enough around, you know, issues of gentrification and, and things like that. I think you keep seeing this play out on the Board of Supervisors here where there's in terms of the the very progressive majority that exists there right now, they are really skeptical of projects that they view as to market rate. You know, so I think that's kind of the debate that's playing out, um, in not just on the board of supervisors, but in San Francisco politics more generally right now. It's like, what balance does the city strike between? allowing new market rate housing to be developed and pushing for housing that is, you know, really limited to low income tenants. And then for projects that include a mix, is the amount of affordable units high enough? You know, I think that those are the conversations that you see in the majority right now on the Board of Supervisors. J.D., I know you also talked to some folks who live and work and advocate for people in the Tenderloin. How are they viewing Dean Preston's arrival? I think people are cautiously optimistic. In in the folks that I talked to, I did not hear any like overwhelming criticism or anything like that. I think a lot of people in the neighborhood do know him already. Uh, I mean, he's not a stranger to the area. He went to Hastings for law school. He worked there helping tenants as a lawyer for a number of years. You know, his tenants rights organization had an office that, you know, I don't know if it was, I, th- I think it was kind of right outside the Tenderloin or, or right on the edge of it, but it, it was near there. So he's familiar with the area. You know, he advocated to bring back the 31 Balboa bus line last year. So, so people know him from that. But, you know, it, there is a sense in some corners that, you know, especially around his vote on the mayor's emergency declaration that, you know, people, I I think there are people there who want to make it very clear to him that they do support a role of police in the tenderloin, specifically 
you know, officers who are who are walking the beat, who are walking the sidewalks instead of driving around in a patrol car. And I, I think people will be telling him that if they haven't already. All right, J.D. Morris, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle reporter J.D. Morris, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.